once more around the bend we go this week. Uh, Jonathan's back with us after Hi. Hello. Last week. Uh, and uh, after but after missing silence, the last one. No, yeah. yeah, you're here for the last one. I, yeah. I realized that. Uh, missing God, silence, you fucked up already. <laughs> Good for me, professionals. Indeed. Uh, so we thought we'd, uh, as we normally do, get Jonathan's opinions on the great Silence of the Lambs. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fucking Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> like it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, ever. Like, like, I'm sorry. I like, and I know we kind of prep. Like, hey, you know, how do we want to do this cold open? How about Jonathan give us his take? It's the same fucking take as everybody else should have. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it it wasn't your first time seeing it. It was not my first time seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say, so the first time I saw it, and I don't remember when it was. I, I was definitely not a young person. Um, but I always remember seeing the the cover art. And then, you know, hearing the title and going, there's no lambs in this. And what is in that person's mouth? (laughs) But (laughs) when I finally saw it, I was like, oh, okay, that's what that is. And there's still like no lambs, but I I get why they called it it. I'm not a huge Jodie Foster fan. In fact, I'm kind of weird about her because like my favorite movie with Jodie Foster is Nell. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I still need to see the beaver. Beaver's interesting. That's what I hear. It's a very yeah. interesting movie. She, she directed it too. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it, I just, I there is not a bad person in the entire fucking movie, Mm-mm. and I, it's 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 a perfect fucking film. Yeah. Just. Like that's my take. And if if you're if you do not think Silence of the Lambs is a perfect film, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast <laughs> because <laughs> it, it's it's just it's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think and I, I, I love both... thr- I love thrillers. I don't like horror. Like I don't like jump scares. I like yeah. this kind of shit. Like this psychological. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but uh, questions wise. Yeah. Question wise. Uh, let's see. Did this deserve best picture? Yes. Uh, give me a second here. Cause I have to look to see what was last year. Cause I can tell you, I did not get a chance to watch much. Um, oh, wait, that's right. It was two years ago. That's why I'm like, I've seen unforgiven. <laughs> All right. Um, so Obviously, I've seen Beauty and the Beast. I think Beauty and the Beast is okay when it comes to the Disney Renaissance movies. It's not my favorite, but it's the one that's not made for me. Uh, I've not seen JFK. I've not seen Bugsy, and I haven't seen The Prince of Tides. So, um, of those, of course, it deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, it deserves it. Um, yeah, that confirms a consensus. We both also agreed with that on the episode. Yeah. Right. So that brings us to our second question, uh, which is the other one we ask. Um, (laughs) Is it the worst? Is it the worst best picture? (laughs) No, it is my number two. Number two. Oh, yeah. I kept Amadeus at one. Awesome. Because I enjoy that movie more. Like, I like I love Silence of the Lambs more, but I enjoy Amadeus more. That's a sexy top two. Right, that is that's a real sexy top two. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, I have it at my one. 
Nice. Because... And I had it at my number seven, so it's, it's up there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's incredible. And Silence of the Lambs. Everybody see it if you haven't, because why why haven't you seen Silence of the Lambs? What's wrong with you? Right. And, and it's also, as a psychological thriller, those are movies you generally don't watch multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yet I can watch Silence of the Lambs a million times and never be bored with it. Infinitely right. rewatchable. Yeah. I mean, this is probably like, watching it for this podcast was probably like the 25th time in my life I've watched that <laughs> film. Yeah. And I also really enjoy doing my Buffalo Bill around my wife because she <laughs> hates it. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> I like to do the fat voice with my Buffalo Bill. Like I like to add the extra <laughs> breathing in there. Like Butch Lord's little basket. More 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 like herd of Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> I like it though. The Taco Bill. Smoky. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Well, Five star movie. Five-star movie, absolutely. Let's talk about a movie now. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, what film are we watching this week? Zach. We are watching Schindler's List, the story of roughly 1,200 Jews who survived the Holocaust thanks to their essential worker status. Essential workers. Yeah. This is everybody's first time seeing this movie. Nope. No. Second time. Also new. Yeah, actually only my second time as well. There's a reason for that. I (laughs) will reveal probably how many times I've watched this movie when I get to my my story. Uh, Zach, do you remember the first time you saw this film? Yeah, I was actually um, in my mid-20s. I was kind of late to this movie. My... um, just a, a brief comment, kind of a weird one, but um, my family on one side is German, and there was some awkwardness about not wanting to watch the movie and feel guilty or something. I, <laughs> but I know I, I sought it out on my own as an adult because I, you know, it was a best picture winner. I had a lot of acclaim. I love Spielberg. Um, thankfully, none of my I don't know. My my uh, grandfather was probably like, I'll probably have some fucking Nazi cousin or something. <laughs> but you, you my, just put you just put the, that one horrible joke in my head. Oh, what's that? Uh, somebody in your family was like, I can't watch this movie. One of my family members died in the Holocaust. They oh. fell off the watchtower. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, something like yep. that. <laughs> yep, yep, Jonathan. Yeah, <laughs> first time you saw this movie. <laughs> um, I don't know specifically. I think like Zach, I was definitely older. Like I was in my twenties, but I know I watched it by myself. I was like, "Hey, I had not seen Schindler's List before." 
three hours later balling in my fucking couch and uh yeah 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 Yeah. lovely yep paul i was 10 (laughs) oh god (laughs) (laughs) Uh, a daycare movie i can't remember no, no, this one wasn't a daycare movie. I'm not sure my my <laughs> grandparents would have owned this movie. So I have I have two older sisters. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, I have two older sisters. My my eldest sister is four years older than I am, and she got she rented this for some like a paper at school or something. Mm. So my parents rented this movie for her. And I just wandered into the room while she was watching it and probably watched at least two hours of this film. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. That, yeah. And I've probably watched this film about five times in my lifetime because it is uh, one I like to revisit every now and then. And it was, I, uh, when I first bought it on DVD, I rewatched it uh, when we did the, uh the ASI. AFI or AFI. I rewatched yeah. it then. ASI, Jesus. ASI. <laughs> um and here's a <laughs> here's the story. Um uh, when I was in um high school, I was taking a German class and we used to harass our German teacher as a bunch of shitty high schoolers do because we did not like her. Sure. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not trying to you know make make light of this. No, we we were not nice to this one. Uh uh and me and my friend Eric Robinson, who I love to death, uh used to constantly say in class, I will give you a dollar now if you will let us watch Schindler's List. <laughs> and being being the kind of asshole that I am, I, I don't I don't say things unless I intend for them to happen. So I used to just have Schindler's List in my bag. (laughs) (laughs) The two VHS cassette tape. (laughs) And eventually one day she was like, fine, we can watch Schindler's List. So we Wow. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. <laughs> my Lee, I just said I'm a terrible person. Kind of. <laughs> I said we were mean. Anyway, um, like, you know what movie I always had on me, just in case. Hmm. The Secret of Nim. Nice. Just in case, just because I had a teacher once. I was like, "Hey, does anybody have Secret of Nim?" I was like, "Yeah," and I was like, every year thinking, "God, I hope somebody asks me if I have that movie." <laughs> <laughs> nice. That uh, didn't have fucking Schindler's List. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my German teacher. <laughs> God. Okay. Let me compose myself now. Uh, let's do an Oscar breakdown. Okay. Uh, it is a rueful March twenty first, nineteen ninety four. Nice. We are still at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in Los Angeles, California. And in the most ironic of twists this week, Whoopi Goldberg is our <laughs> Nice. <laughs> wow. Oh, my. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Trying to figure out why you guys were laughing so hard. Well, you hadn't heard about this. <laughs> I By the time this episode airs, her suspension will probably be over. But probably, uh, we are in the week that Whoopi Goldberg was suspended from the View for saying the Holocaust wasn't about race, uh, <laughs> which is not funny. But it 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 no. just it could not it's... have worked out any weirder. This episode. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, get off also, of this uh, fucking planet <laughs> also to uh, hit the check mark this makes all mm. three hosts of comic relief <laughs> that have now been the hosts of the Oscars yeah <laughs> nice uh, okay. at least Whoopi's been open to receiving some uh, education but she, gosh she should have known better yeah uh, anyway all right, Schindler's List is our most nominated film at 12. It is our most awarded film at 7. It wins Best Picture over The Fugitive, In the Name of the Father, The Piano, and Remains of the Day. Steven Spielberg wins Best Director, finally! Yeah, there you go, Steven. After 20 years of nominations, he's finally got it. Uh, and uh, he... Beats out Robert Altman for shortcuts and Jane Campion for the piano. Uh, I am really interested to see what happens with this year's Oscars because Steven Spielberg and Jane Campion could be up against each other again. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I was going to make a note. <laughs> of, she's uh, just like, fuck off Spielberg. <laughs> 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 I, I think I think she's in a real good position to win it this year, though. So I'm I'm interested to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> both of those films, I think, are in my top five. All right, Tom Hanks picking up best director for best director. Wow, good job, nice. Tom Hanks <laughs> picking up best actor for Philadelphia, uh, <sighs> beating out Liam Neeson as Oscar Schindler in Schindler's List. Jonathan. That's a- Fucking tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, we'll like, get back to this category. This category yeah, is... I can't. Like, yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Um, also, I like that Liam Neeson and Daniel Day-Lewis are going up against each other as they will later on in Gangs of New York. <laughs> in the movie, not, not the category. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, Holly Hunter wins Best Actress for the Piano. Jonathan... <laughs> Jonathan, a Holly Hunter performance, I think you can really get behind. She does not talk in the film. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she expresses herself through her peony. Peony? Exactly. <laughs> Peonies. Uh, I should also point out Lawrence Fishburne and Angela Bassett were in those categories for What's Love Got to Do With It. Angela Bassett losing, still, wait, a bat, black actress has not won for Best Actress. Lawrence Fishburne, 1993? Three? I mean, he could have been the cowboy around this time. No, yeah. I, I, I think Pee Wee's done at this point. 
Yeah. yeah. I think I think he's been beyond cowboy since Boys in the Hood, probably. Probably. Yeah. That makes sense. I, th- I think Pee Wee's pretty much a mid to late eighties thing and in- Yeah. Okay. Uh all right. Best supporting actor goes to Tommy Lee Jones for The Fugitive. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Uh Ray Fiennes loses playing Amon Goth in Schindler's List. Uh Anna Paquin wins for the piano, making her the second youngest actress to win the Best Supporting Actress Oscar after Tatum O'Neill won uh, for Paper Moon. Tatum O'Neill was 10. Anna Paquin was 11. I did not know Anna Paquin had an Oscar. She has an Oscar. And went to do True Blood. Correct. And is now in that Kurt Kurt Warner movie with <laughs> uh with um Jack Quaid's dad. Throw the ball <laughs> into the shopping cart. All right. Best screenplay goes to Jane Campion for the piano. Yeah. Beating out Sleepless in Seattle. Just like to bring up the weird ones. Oh, Dave. Gary Ross's Dave is also in this category. <laughs> Um, best screenplay based on material previously produced or published goes to Schindler's List, giving Steve Zalian an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, our best foreign language film goes to Belle Epoque. Ip- Belle Epoque. There we go. I like it. Uh, Hop. Epoque. Mm-hmm. Epoque Anonymous. <laughs> Damn you, you give him the easy one. Uh, Ang Lee uh, is in the category for The Wedding Banquet loses Best Foreign Language Film oh I have not seen that Uh, I have not either is it The Wedding Banquet yes writing that one down I enjoy some Ang Lee I think I said it weird because it should be Ang that's right Ang Lee Ang is the last airbender. Yep. 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 Okay. There we go. Good. Good for me. Well done, sir. All, all over the place tonight. All right. Documentary feature goes to, I am a promise. The children of Stanton elementary school. Okay. Uh, best documentary short subject goes to defending our lives. Beating out a film called chicks and white set. <laughs> Very nice. Best live action short film goes to Schwarzfahrer. Oh no. Schwarzfahrer! <laughs> you can't be the Schwarzfahrer! I love watching Leanne's face because she can't hear you two. <laughs> over there making really disgusted faces at me. Oh, she just flipped me off. Oh, come on! Sounds like an invitation. <laughs> I might take that. See you guys later. Okay. Best animated short goes to The Wrong Trousers by Nick Park. Another Wallace and Gromit. (laughs) I'm I'm upset our resident uh, animated short film expert, Caitlin McCoy, isn't with us. Well, I'll let her know, and she may have some thoughts. Okay. Because I need to know her thoughts on Nick Park. Ardman Entertainment. But before we do that, 
uh, we have our best original score, which brings us to our podcast within a podcast, John Williams Oscar Watch. John Williams wins best original score for Schindler's List. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I am also confused. Oh, yeah? Okay. So, and we'll get into the I love the score for this movie. Why was John Williams not up against himself? That's a good question. I I, I'm going to say this, and I think this is exactly the reason they didn't want John Williams to split the vote because they wanted to give it to him for Schindler's List. Yeah. That's just my guess. I mean, yeah. and you're not wrong. But... I mean, are you trying are you trying to let Dave Grusson from the firm get an Academy Award because John Williams is in the category <laughs> twice? <laughs> well, that would be the real tragedy. Of course it would. I just yeah. I was gonna make a James Newton Howard joke, but the future score is so good. I yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking good. <laughs> I'm just noticing your shirt. Is that like a Atlanta Braves in the style of Waffle House? Yes, it is. That's awesome. <laughs> it says Atlanta champs, and then it says 2021 in the little ribbon here. Yes. I, I got it off of Breaking Tea. Nice. Now I website. want breakfast food. Me too. Make pancakes. Make big uh, pancakes. Baking pancakes. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is kind of one of those times I really want to talk about this whole category. So I think I'm going to do that real quick. Uh, best original song goes to the boss himself, Bruce Springsteen. Streets of Philadelphia. Streets of Philadelphia. So good. It's so good. All right. I'm 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 going to skip around here and pick out the last the the one I want to. There you go. Jonathan just saw it. Okay, so our nominees against the Streets of Philadelphia are Philadelphia from Philadelphia by Neil Young, which is a nice song. Uh, a Wink and a Smile from Sleepless in Seattle by Mark Shaman and Ramsey McLean, which is a cute song from Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, and then again from Poetic Justice. Uh, so Janet Jackson, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis pick up Academy Award nominations. And then... <laughs> and the day I fall in love from Beethoven second by <laughs> Carol Bear's sake. I'm listening to it right now. <laughs> the scene that it's in is so fucking ridiculous. It's just like <laughs> girl and her boyfriend, like oh Jesus Christ. Oh no. Beethoven second, huh? Yep. <laughs> wow. Oscar nominated Beethoven second. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving mm. on. That yeah. sound goes to Jurassic Park. Yay. Which Eating it out. fucking deserves. An ev- well, yeah. Mm, uh, but mm. no, yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, beating out Schindler's List. So Steven Spielberg's films are finally <sighs> going up against one another. Like, what the fuck was Spielberg doing? He's like, all right, guys, I'm going to make Schindler's List, but I'm giving you Jurassic Park at the same time. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> we got notes there's, like there's got to be a story about that yeah <laughs> like, there is yeah there there are uh we'll we'll, we'll get to those okay uh, I, we're i want to get through this uh all right so best sound effects editing goes to jurassic park gary rydstrom picking up his second academy award for the evening 
Uh, best art direction goes to Schindler's List. Uh, best makeup. Poor Adam's to... Family Values. Yeah, poor Adam's I would have given it to them if it wasn't for, you know, fucking Schindler's List. Exactly. Uh, best makeup goes to Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, beating that out one's List. tough. Now, I love Mrs. Doubtfire, but beating out Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, my God. Tom Hanks' makeup in a movie. Jesus I, Christ. I watched that today. So. How are you alive right now? <laughs> well, I was really depressed after watching Schindler's List, so I yeah. needed a pick-me-up film. So Tom Hanks getting AIDS sounded <laughs> delightful. <laughs> <laughs> we make sure to uh, clip that quote and make sure we get that on the poster somewhere. <laughs> I want that on a shirt to give to my wife, the biggest Tom Hanks fan ever. Tom Hanks getting AIDS sounded delightful. <laughs> the action or... Um, no, never mind. Well, okay. Uh, the, I have so many jokes to go with that. I'm just gonna. I got to move on now. Yep. Um, best costume design goes to the Age of Innocence. Yay! Beating out Schindler's List. Period film wins yeah. fucking costume design again. <laughs> I so they were really good costumes. Uh, best cinematography goes to Janusz Kaminski for Schindler's List. His first teaming with Steven Spielberg, uh, beating out Searching for Bobby Fischer. Ooh, I need yeah. to rewatch that movie. I loved it so much as a kid, but I also hear Bobby Fischer was kind of the fucking worst. That's mm. also what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> like Schindler's List beating searching for Bobby Fisher is kind of ironic in a way, kind of worse. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, best film editing goes to Schindler's List. Give me Michael Kahn an Academy Award. Kahn. <laughs> I'll have to ask Josh if he's related to Michael Kahn. Michael that- Kahn. Michael Kahn. <laughs> Michael Kahn. Because that's how that works. Yeah. And best visual effects goes to Jurassic Park. Because of course it fucking does. What the fuck else is it going to be? <laughs> Wait, cliffhanger. So, oh, Nightmare, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. I always say Nightmare on Elm Street every time. I'm surprised. How did that not get a best original song, especially over Beethoven's second? Yeah. Like, listen, All the I songs don't. In Nightmare Before Christmas are just okay. <laughs> I don't like Nightmare Before Christmas. As much as everybody thinks it's his greatest thing ever, but Danny Elfman, man, like I, I yeah, the I music is what makes that fucking movie. I, I do love me some Danny Elfman. I, I love Wingo Boingo. Yes, yes. All right, our Gene Herschel humanitarian award goes to Paul Newman. Pants, probably for creating Newman's own. Incredible dressing. I'm sure, among other things, I just wanted to bring up Newman's own. Uh, our honorary and other awards goes to Deborah Carr, who oh, I yeah. found out that's how you pronounce her last name. Oh, nice. I was like, is that how you how you pronounce that? How you pronounce her last name? Well, so, there you go. So, so we've been saying Kerr for the longest time. Indeed, but it's and Carr. Then I watched an entire video about her career and. The host of the video was very adamant that it is car. <laughs> Thanks for spelling it wrong. Yes, thank you. Uh, I believe the channel is Be Kind Rewind. Oh. Uh, okay, 
uh, and we have a Gordon E. Sawyer Award tonight, which goes to Petro Valos. He's essentially the godfather of green screen. Okay, nice. Uh, he is a New Mexican-born son of uh, Greek immigrants, uh, and he showed an early aptitude for electronics and ham radio. And in 1941, he gained his engineering degree from the University of California at Berkeley. And he worked as a designer for Douglas Aircraft in World War One, and later as a radar engineer at Bell Laboratories. And after the war, he moved to Hollywood and worked for MGM. I pretty much just read that verbatim from the Wikipedia. Nice. Now, uh, it says that uh, he was not the first person to use blue screen technology. In fact, it was uh, done by Larry Butler in 1940 for the Thief of Baghdad. But he made the process more realistic and scientific, created a system called the sodium vapor process for the parrot trap <laughs> and the absent-minded professor. Wow. And later, Mary Poppins, which got him an Academy Award. Excellent. Uh uh, and then for Ben-Hur, he refined the color difference blue screen process that made memorable visual effects possible in films and developed a way to minimize the unfortunate side effects of earlier methods. Excellent. And he called his cutting edge invention the color difference traveling mat scheme. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Rolls sounds, off the tongue. Yep. Sounds like a traveling sideshow. <laughs> or a couple of snake oil salesmen. We are the color difference traveling mat scheme. Uh, along with his son, Paul Valos, he founded the Ultimate Corporation in Chatsworth, California, 1976. Uh, they were the, uh, his company's first ultimate units were analog black boxes, which later evolved into advanced real-time digital hardware and computer software products. Uh, when sci-fi and fantasy, fantasy films became dominant at the box office, Valo's techniques became dominant in filmmaking, essential to movies such as the Star Wars trilogy. Refinements of his pioneering technique were used to make many blockbusters of the 90s, including Titanic, which dangerous, expensive, or difficult film scenes were finally possible. This guy's pretty cool. Yeah, and he has more than 35 patents for film-related gadgetry, quote-unquote. Uh, one is first off one yeah right yeah and he's got a bunch of science and technical awards that uh for a camera flicker indicating device won an academy award 1964 1978 he won an emmy award for his ultimate co compositing technology uh he got the medal accommodation in 1992 and in 1995 he shared his third oscar with his son paul for the blue screen advances made by the Ultimate Corporation. Ultimate. Ultimate. He would live to 96, and he died February 10th, 2013. Hmm. So we will not. We will be releasing this rather close to the anniversary of his death. Wow. What a life. Yeah. And sharing an Oscar with your son. Yeah. Yeah. Petro Valos, hero at all. Thank That's you. my breakdown. Excellent. All right, let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie. Who wants to go first on this? Somebody say movie? <laughs> <laughs> like you do every Friday night? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my God. It's, it's 
past guest of the podcast, Caitlin McCoy. How are you doing today? Anyhow. That's <laughs> just amazing. <laughs> yeah, we mentioned your name earlier, so your ears must have been burning or something. Yes, I was particularly intrigued by this mention of my name. As opposed to... Well, we were talking about Wallace and Gromit uh, winning Best Animated Feature for the second time. We were wondering how you felt about Wallace and Gromit. I absolutely love them. Anything that can bring British humor to children and love of... Nope, not going to say that. But sheep are awesome. And... (laughs) The love of sheep? (laughs) (laughs) This isn't a Scottish film. (laughs) I rubbed off on her in the oh, wrong way. Oh, Lord. Look, I'm looking at bags You're, of sheep. Yeah, rubbed, on the... rubbed, rubbed off on the sheep, too. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, while we have you here espousing your opinions on Wallace and Gromit, would you like to stick around to talk about Schindler's List? <laughs> Absolutely. Excellent. <laughs> All of this is no? very spontaneous. We did not plan anything. <laughs> There is no planning whatsoever. I know. Yeah. So. <laughs> well done. All right. So, God, this episode has been dreaded. Um, I believe I saw one moment Paul didn't want to do this, or at least wanted to try to duck out of trying to talk about this movie. Um, and I'm going to say it. It's not because of the movie. This movie <laughs> is fucking amazing. This movie is so well done if you look at it as a film Mm. yes the content of this movie fucking don't want to be a human anymore (laughs) every time i watch this fucking movie yeah to realize this was done by real fucking people and it's not even um i think one of the things that i can constantly take away from this film is it's not even it it barely touches the surface of what happened (laughs) and and it's it's only a small i mean we're talking 600 to 1200 people (laughs) that it's talking about as opposed to the millions of stories that are out there yeah but the fact that it's still in the heart every every single time every single time every time and if it had not been Spielberg to make this movie, I would have gone, this is trying to be Oscar bait, but it's just fucking not. I can't imagine it, it any it, other it's, way. It's just not. This is literally a storyteller going, sit down, shut the fuck up. And it's so wild because he did not want to direct this Oh my movie. God, he didn't. Really? He tried to pawn it off onto literally oh, like anyone. Three that other people. Wow. And it, he, he let it simmer for like 10 years. Yeah, uh, because the book came out, Schindler's Art came out in 1980, and they bought the rights in 1983. And he tried to get Polanski to direct it because Polanski's mother died in the Holocaust. And he was like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. He had his own story brewing. Yeah, and uh, he tried to get Scorsese to direct it, as we talked about on the Cape Fear episode. Really? <laughs> and Scorsese Scorsese actually went along developing for, for a bit, but then realized, I'm not the person who needs to do this. Well, he was he was going. I think he, he really was going for it. Um, yeah. And I, I just recently read the thing about, you Cape know, Fear. like, well, no, that Spielberg, he was working on Hook. Oh. And he mm-hmm. had this 
epiphany, this moment where he's like, oh my God, I don't know. I want to know what part in the movie. I want to know what he was doing that connected those dots. I'm ready for Schindler. Then he went to Scorsese and he's like, dude, I got to take backsies. Like (laughs) And, and Scorsese at the same time was like, yeah, I'm not Jewish. I should not direct this film. Yeah. Uh, how about that. you? Yeah. How about you give me the film you're working uh, you're working on right now? Oh, Cape Fear sounds great. <laughs> Wait, what table are they trading cards at? Like, can we yeah. sit there? Like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I know. It's, where do you go? Like, you, well, I've been yeah. sitting on a comment uh, that I was been kind of teasing Paul with it. Um. So. My kind of conversation starter for this okay. is if a person were to come up to me and say, Schindler's List is one of the greatest movies of all time. And if another person came up to me and said, Schindler's List is one of the worst movies made of all time, I wouldn't argue with either one of them. Because sure. even though it's, you know, it's a minority, this movie is revered and loved by millions. It's, it's in the top 10 on IMDb and... And I'll see one best picture. AFI put it in their top 10 in the 2008 list. Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it was like number eight or something. Yeah. Um, But the complaints against it uh, come from, I've seen it from, you know, serious like Jewish scholars who say this like is equivalent to emotional pornography or something in there. Mm -hmm. And they say, you know, it's exploitive and, Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's a happy ending holocaust story and and you know if somebody has those complaints and they feel like about that i'm like okay i'm not going to argue with them i'm not jewish i can't yeah i get it from i get it from a cultural standpoint and i i will never discount anybody who especially was affected by the holocaust that has a problem with this but my prob my problem on a more artistic level is that uh and if you don't want to look at it at the artistic level fine whatever but is that Spielberg's more interested into in the theme of this movie. Yeah, anything that gets changed is changed for the sake <clears throat> of the theme, or because you know, like Amon Goth, it was apparently just thirty times worse in yeah. real life than he was in this movie. There were Jesus. things that he did that they specifically they could not. One of the most famous things that he was known for, he had these dogs. Like if you mm-hmm. can imagine the scene from uh, Game of Thrones where like these rabid dogs that he would just let on people and he they would he just watch and laugh like yeah and, they have and, pictures of the man st- I, uh, yeah anyway sorry and and he would hang he would hang dead bodies around Krakow to just be like look hey look dead bodies yeah yeah uh, and I couldn't even like having that on screen would make this film just unbearable to watch so it's already tough yeah (laughs) and he's a monster in this exactly yeah Yeah. i mean there is a fine line the fact that he had to play state you know the the um not producers isn't the right word please forgive me i'm really um (laughs) that's fine take it mgm the studios he had to play state the studios before they would be like yeah you can do this but we need we need a, a breadwinner before you do this. So he had to do Jurassic Park literally the same time yeah, to, and, to make them feel comfortable with this movie. So yeah. they didn't and even he, want it to be in black and white. Yeah, and he he 
did Jurassic Park first so that he wouldn't run out of emotional steam while shooting Jurassic Park because I couldn't even imagine going the other way. No, no. Like that. <laughs> he said he had to edit some scenes, you know, like he was doing editing for Jurassic Park some nights after filming Schindler's mm-hmm. List just because he needed to... While watching episodes of Seinfeld. Yes, and that's what I was going to say about Robin Williams. He had Robin Williams come to the set because for the 92 days that they were shooting in Poland, like literally it was just like, or 97 or some odd days. Yeah. He's like, Robin, come, come, please (laughs) make some people laugh, please. It was so, such a, such a place to be at that time that, yeah, that they had to have him come up. See, and I was going to say, when it comes to those criticisms uh, that you brought up there, Zach, a lot of those, you know, Caitlin, you were saying they, they, how they kind of had to tone it down as well. And I feel like a lot of this movie is to make you be able to put yourself in somebody's shoes. If you go like the historical route and how bad it actually was, you can't. You, our minds cannot in any way comprehend what was going on at the time. So you have to tone it down. You have to. You have to go like the shower scene in Auschwitz is so fucking powerful it's like there is it, it is holy fuck are they actually going to show what i think they're going to show yeah and you are given the tenses like i couldn't even imagine and how it ended up ending makes you go <sighs> like yeah. you have you have to decompress during this movie you have yeah. to yeah and this, this was never intended to be in an in an complete encapsulation of the horrors that the show is it was you know it was meant to reach he wanted it to to reach a broader audience and he did this is you know it was telling the story of this person with these workers and though it does kind of have a ring of white hero you know it you know what i'm saying but yeah it's a segue into the this is what happened you need to know that this is yeah. But the fact that it is the survivors, especially uh, Lionel Pfefferberg, right. who Yeah, who in the leather feel shop. It, yeah, it, who feel that it is their duty to make sure that this story got told. Yeah. It, you know, we can put the white savior narrative onto it if we really want to take that stretch, but Which I don't. No, and I don't either because I I feel like this is the story of the survivors and I mean most of Yeah. It took so much goading to get him to that line yeah. that you're watching, you're watching the composite character of Ishtak Stern pretty much doing this work for him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and they, they, they basically, they don't hide the fact that he is a war profiteer. Like that's what he's doing. That's yeah, how this said started. It multiple they, times. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've made the money I came here to make. I've done what I came to do. And I mean, they made it, they, they did not try to hide it under, you know, this rose tinted glass of, of humanitarian work. It was, he was a war profiteer. He went there specifically to do this. And Ishtak Stern did his, he really, I think those two characters are, are the movie in and of itself. Yeah. So uh, I'm not very good at like (laughs) sitting and stewing over something. I, I brought up what I brought up just as a, 
informational thing. I don't I don't share any of those feelings because this right. movie is incredible. Sure. So I'll just say one more time. Uh, you know, we mentioned. I think a lot of the people who complain, if they're not literary or uh, historical Jewish scholars who take issue with the content of the movie or the ending or whatever. Are people of sour grapes uh, over, you know, oh, I made a documentary that nobody watched. It's like they probably are more likely to watch it maybe now after seeing Schindler's List or yeah. something. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you brought up Kubrick's quote. which, <laughs> uh, But he and Spielberg were, you know, friendly. So I, I don't know. Uh, but I was going to say just as a, uh-oh, did you know? Uh, apparently Terry Gilliam agreed with Kubrick. I saw there was an interview on Turner Classic movie, Movies where he was like, yeah, Spielberg, you know, he puts a little bow on the end of it and got to give the, the happy feelings. And I, I just don't. It's there, not a there happy. didn't get any happy feelings. But from there has to be some kind of catharsis. This movie's three hours and fucking 15 minutes, right. and it's relentless. Yeah. Like, yeah. for the first two hours of this movie, there's nothing. You're just pelted. Right. With the it complete decay stop. of humanity. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They give you a little bit of humor from, from the Jewish residents of the ghetto just to have some kind of levity. But it's so just sparse yeah. in between. Just If you handle this movie any differently, it just becomes torture porn. And that's exactly. Exactly. And yeah. You know, and there's, there's, it's always going to be nobody's, you're not going to please everyone all the time. So you exactly. might as well yeah. you might as well make a piece of art that you can stand behind. Right. And a piece of art that is about hope and humanity in the fucking darkest of times. Yep. In is, his speech. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, 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 that's okay. I was about <laughs> to start crying, so I'm glad you cut me off. Like, like <laughs> in Spielberg's acceptance speech, he immediately he said these stories have to be told in the school. These cannot be forgotten. This has to go on. And that's why he founded the foundation that he did. He's from, from the get go and in perpetuity, he, he will not accept a single dime from any profits of this movie. You know, it's all to that foundation. Yeah. And to me, that, that means more to me than, you know, if he did say, yeah, I did want to make a slightly brighter story of, you know, I can understand why people are like, no, it was horrible. It was violent. Yes, that's in there. That's, that's. It's, yeah, it's. He, <laughs> he didn't try he, to sugarcoat it. I mean. Yeah, and while he doesn't go to horrendous depths that did happen, it's all over the film. Like, yeah, it's, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, the conveyor belt of yeah. corpses into a massive flaming yeah. pile of, that was not, does that, that wasn't dark enough for you? Yeah. I don't, what do you think is just, you know what what you think is missing how about you make a movie yeah. about it i would there, make there's more. no shortage there's no shortage of stories right like let's let's have your interpretation of it and then and then we'll see how you feel sorry that sounded really bitter no. yeah <laughs> i i'm i'm right with you like and and again i i don't want to discount anybody who was affected by the holocaust that felt like this film didn't represent whatever it's they impossible thought. it would no, have been no. impossible but but at the same time you know the survivors of this right. film yeah seem to be pleased with it the story right. that the story that they thought should be told got told in a way that seemed very satisfactory to them. the fact that they showed up in to honor you know at the end and they 
continued to be available for interviews and in support of the film and everything the film was doing to bring awareness it still speaks volumes today i mean i don't honestly i i do have somebody in my life that made a negative comment about it you know like oh you know that's if that's all you've seen or if that's all you know of it yes okay i understand you know this particular person is incredibly intelligent and incredibly educated on this matter. As a matter of fact, she she's one of the smartest people I know. But I think with that, you know, broader awareness comes a little bit of um, that's where I'm looking for you condescension. Yeah, or, you know. like if this is all somebody knows about it and they agree that it was horrible and they don't want it to happen again, then mission accomplished. I mean, yeah, and. So you missed you missed in the opening when we talked about how when we first saw this. I was ten when I saw this movie. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that is the correct reaction. Hand over mouth. I this movie just absolutely changed me for for the positive. I feel, and I spent a lot of time like going to DC. I live about three hours from DC. We had family that lived up that way. And anytime I went to DC, I always made it a point to let my parents know that I wanted to visit the Holocaust Museum. Oh, wow. And I, like, in my late uh, elementary school, middle school years, I went to the Holocaust Museum like four or five times because that's what this film should be. It should exactly. be, it should be a jumping off point. It's right. not, yeah. it's not going to encapsulate everything. It's a three hour fucking movie. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't condense 10 years of history 12 it's years impossible. of history it, it's yeah and i you exactly you're exactly right i mean that's what i that's what i meant when i say like it's a it should be a segue into the topic it should be a way to introduce you to the horrors without going oh god i can't handle this like yeah and, i don't know <laughs> and i i think a big part of the epiphany that you were talking about for spielberg was the fact that he saw a lot of holocaust denial in our society that was getting platformed in major places. And that's another part of what I think the film, the theme of this film is survivors. Yeah. It's the people who, who made it through the people who have to carry this with them now. And, you know, it's all about when, how movies are made and when they're made. And if that's what he's seeing in society and his response is fuck those guys. Go for it. Yeah. yeah, it, <laughs> survivors need to kind of be the nucleus of this film because you have to know that there are people who fucking got through this. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And that they're out there and their history matters. I mean, we were still persecuting Nazis <laughs> when this film, movie was being filmed. I mean, like, how can, I don't know, I can't. Uh, that's a whole nother topic. No. That That's an incredible point, Paul. I, I really, you've, uh, you both are very uh, eloquently you know, shut down really any, maybe if somebody does come up to me and say, it's one of the worst movies ever made, I'll say, listen to this podcast. <laughs> and, and, and if they still walk away from it, and again, I don't want to discount anybody's, anybody's real heartfelt opinions on, mm-hmm. on uh, the, the greatest fucking tragedy in history. Uh, I, I, that's not what I want to say. I just want to, yeah. I want to talk about a piece of art that, means something to me but okay i totally agree with you i totally agree with you but at the same time i could not look at somebody in the face who goes i just don't like it and, and not <laughs> yeah it 
Yeah, no, that's... Is, is it a movie that you like, though? But like, no, no, I understand what you're saying. It's not like, oh, grab the popcorn. Ouch. You know, I'm gonna... Let's watch this. No, that's not That's yeah. not this kind of movie. <laughs> and it never should be that kind of movie. But, I mean... Yeah, we had the discussions like, can we eat our ice cream while watching the ghetto scene? It's like, is this appropriate? This is not... Probably a, not. You know... No. <laughs> um, you know, I... You during, made out during Schindler's List. <laughs> No, I need to be very clear. That would never happen. <laughs> Sickos. Um, it's just the Seinfeld reference. Um. Yeah. Over. But the. <laughs> well, I yeah, no, she, I don't she's not really watch. a Seinfeld. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not either. I, but, I can't stand Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible though. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's an episode where Jerry uh, is on a date and they go to see Schindler's List and he like makes out with the girl he, he makes out his, with the girl because his parents are staying at his house and he doesn't feel comfortable doing things like that with her there so goes to Schindler's. <laughs> <laughs> and you know obviously he's jewish and his, what does the parents like ask him about it or i don't he remember gets, the whole thing. they they rat him out someone rats him out like to his parents and they oh like question his jewishness <laughs> so, so. yeah I would love I would love to hear Spielberg's uh, opinion of that that episode. But where where were we even on <laughs> eating ice cream during the ghetto scene? I don't even know where yeah. things <laughs> What? Uh, well, we, we were talking about something. Yeah. Sorry. Snowball. That's all right. Well, so what we'll do here is then I think we, we, We've discussed content a lot because yeah. you know what? This is what this movie is about. Like, but I feel like what's not done often is looking at this movie as a film, as a piece of cinema mm-hmm. history. And God, this movie's gorgeous. Oh yeah. god, Janusz Kaminski is yeah. holy shit. God. Like, His there could not be dialogue at all in this entire movie. And it would still be the perfect film. It would still be it would still yeah. be amazing. It's, yeah. He go the way he goes back and forth between widescreen and almost documentary style like close ups. It yeah. it's enough to throw you back and forth like you you can't even get comfortably subconsciously visually, mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. how it's filmed. And I yeah. think that was done on purpose. Like it's yeah. meant to well, and throw John you. Williams score in there where I, nine I, times out of ten you're getting a single fucking violin that's oh, just Ishtar there. Perlman. Oh, oh, oh Jesus. God. God. <laughs> you beat me to it. And Sorry. I'm really Sorry. pissed about it. Because, like, <laughs> I will, for some odd reason, I'll be just, it's in the middle of summer. The birds are singing and chirping. And I'm listening to the song. And I'm crying. Oh, and it's just... And it's one of those things where the movie, it's, <sighs> uh, it's used frequently throughout the movie, but it feels like a different... Um, instrument variations of it so it's not just like the same mm-hmm. same thing john like, williams is known yeah. for assigning certain i don't want to say tunes motifs yes to characters and he has he has a main theme and he weaves those motifs throughout that that oh, theme so it's not I've, uncommon to hear it love a good john williams late motif oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um i it's hard for me to say that it wouldn't be the same movie without it. 
because we we just said we could go without dialogue, but at the same time, I don't know that it would have had the emotional impact for me. I don't know. I, I don't it, know. It, would, it, would, it would be a different movie, yes. but it would still be would, a perfect movie. It, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm just all more grateful. John Williams was also hesitant to do it, wasn't he? Didn't yeah. He, he, like, he wasn't. He, so, he, he, said, he didn't know how to how to put music to this. I mean, he, he, he told you Spielberg. Imagine? He told Spielberg that Spielberg was going to need a better composer for yeah. this film. But and Spielberg replied, "They're all dead," yeah. which is iconic. Oh, it's like, what a beautiful thing to say to your best friend. Like, <laughs> like, if if I wanted to get somebody better than you, I literally could not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. I think what we're going to do now is because, again, it's such a powerful movie. It's there's just nothing. I don't, it's so hard to describe. I want to say nothing's it. wrong with this movie because there's so much wrong in front of you. Yeah. yeah. It's just flawlessly filmed, edited, acted. As, just as a, uh, as a piece of art, it is perfect. As perfect as you can get. Yeah. As, as a piece of uh, documentation of humanity, it is the fucking dregs. They, oddly enough, Kevin Costner and Mel Gibson God. Oh, auditioned God. for Oscar Schindler. So, <laughs> so here's something really funny that kept popping in my head the entire time watching this movie. Me going, you kind of wish Passion of Christ had the ability to pull back the way this movie did. Exactly. That to is- go... Beautiful state. <laughs> it's it's serious. If you think about it, if Mel Gibson would have had the wherewithal that Steven Spielberg had to go, I don't have to put snuff on film to make you fucking hate humanity. I think Passion of Christ could have been an amazing movie. Yeah, but not okay. I'll quick quick. And I know, <laughs> and I know, putting Mel Gibson in front of this movie makes it really funny, but it just yeah. makes me go fucking watch what a perfect fucking director can do i and you could yeah. do this yeah if you i agree with you. a shit person i agree with you but <laughs> punch the mic if I, you I get it <laughs> but, dude i get but, it but but as far as passion of the christ goes the uh the <laughs> what's the word the target audience wants to see that because they're sick <laughs> Oh, you're not yeah. wrong. Boy, you're that not, why, you're not is, no, sugarcoating. No, no, no. You are perfectly correct. <laughs> they, the they problem need to is see the suffering. So they, Spielberg was yeah. not yeah. making this movie for Jewish people. Right, he made right. it for everybody. That's yeah. that's the that's, great. That's that great old quote. Slave movies are not made for black people. Right. They know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> you need to fucking learn. Right. So on, you know, like I wasn't lying. I was listening to the soundtrack over the summer, and it brought up like you know all those lovely recommendations of people reacting to watching the movie for the first time. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> utterly astounded at people's reactions, finding out, yo, this really happened. What? This was a real dude. They really did this. Like the amount of people in, in different, I mean, these two girls, the young girls were watching it in Russia and they're like, this, this, this whole the did, they, they did this, this happened, you know, like they, it blows my mind, even in today's access of information <laughs> that <laughs> this movie is questioned as far as like, wait a minute, this really happened? It blows my mind. Like yep. everybody needs to see this movie. Everybody yep. needs yep. to at least, if, if nothing else, 
let this let can this film please be a way to introduce you to more yep. information i don't know how whatever how you doing? i'm good right. i'm i'm actually i'm gonna be calling tom hensley tomorrow at the he hasn't called me back it's been oh. like a year that son <laughs> of a bitch the, the at the richmond um all the cockstuckery <laughs> he's part of the richmond holocaust museum <laughs> He, what's the word? He collects the the artifacts, historical artifacts. Yes, but there's a word for it. Uh, oh, cura- curator. Curator. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Um, this probably has no. I'm not even. It's fine. There was um when I worked no. at Haverty's, there was a young man who was a war reenactor, and for whatever reason, he chose World War II German soldiers, and just like any other, uh, nope, wrong, wrong, nope. Very few single white men who live at their parents' house. But, uh, he, <laughs> he bought different articles of clothing. Some were actually used. Some were reproductions. And some of them, <laughs> right? Punch um, Nazis. So he brought in a pair of pants that he wanted to show me that was authentic. You know, because he knew pants. I loved history. And he had the hots for her, which, you know. Where I wasn't going to get into that. But, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't, check out these pants. Look at my out. Nazi pants. These were really, pants. right. These are worn by real Nazis. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? But so it gets even worse. So as he's showing me, he just the guy just dropped the box off that he purchased. You know, he he purchased this lot of clothing and he was just dropped off. So he was having me like check for holes, whatever. You know, we were just talking. He was looking through things and he noticed that in the pant leg there was something odd. So he flipped it over and the seam had been restitched. So he's like, oh, you know, sometimes there's there's money or something hidden. So he opened it up. It was a Jewish armband. And he honestly didn't know what to do with it. He said, uh, you can have it if you want. If not, I'm probably just going to throw it away. <laughs> I like I still t- I cannot wrap my head around that comment. So, yes, I was like, are you? I'm not even going to ask the question. Get, give it here. So I had it for years, and I didn't know what to do with it. I wanted to donate it to the museum in D.C., but I also wanted to find out more about, you know. Anyways, so I I brought it up there, and... Richmond, yeah. Yeah, we I drove it up to Richmond, and um, he was able to verify that it was authentic um, and that he's sending it over... To her, no, I can't remember exactly which museum over there to get more information. They they have they have a feeling they know exactly who wore it because it wasn't just a regular armband. It was um one of the I don't, what is the correct word? I really don't want to like um a person who's put in charge when they were all put in the ghettos. They had mm, yeah um people who were put in charge of the sections like the commandants or whatever they were called. Um they. They even mention it. It's highlighted like a juritz that the people that the Germans would go to to issue orders. All right, you go tell, you know, the people you're in charge of. It belonged to one of those gentlemen. Yeah. So I don't know any more about it. I I want to know, like, what he found out. But I donated it to the museum. Um, and I just, uh, yeah, I have actually yet to be in a to either the the one in dc or or the one oh, in richmond God, the one in D- I, I i've never been to the one in richmond 
and I have known it existed for years and years. And I don't know why I've never gone, but the one in DC is it's your eyes tell it all. I mean, uh, I'm telling you it, they, you, you start, they put you in an elevator and they take you up to the top floor. And then you just go down like three floors of this huge museum, just watching the world burn. It's, uh, that pales in comparison to the time that, uh, when my sister graduated high school, uh, the one thing she wanted the most was a trip to Germany. So me and my sister and my parents went to Germany, uh, visited the Bavarian Alps. Oh, beautiful area. If you ever get to go to Southern Germany and the Alps do it, it is gorgeous. Uh, but we did get to go to Dachau and I will, you step through the gates of that place and everything hits you in the fucking chest. And uh, the second I walked through the gates of that place, I literally collapsed on my father bawling. Yeah. How do you take that in? You can't, you literally cannot Nope. like walking on that ground, seeing the things that are still there. The, the ovens and mm. the gates it it was one of the most beautiful and gut-wrenching experiences i've ever had in my life and i would never trade it for the world but it stays with you and that's just that's just some spoiled american visiting germany for the first time walking through these gates i can't even imagine anything more than that yeah yeah Honestly, the United States has one of the worst acknowledgement systems of of history <laughs> yeah. in in the world. I worked with a um a wonderful woman from Germany at the bank and um she couldn't believe it. You know, she growing up, she said, you know, you couldn't walk down a street anywhere without there being a plaque acknowledging this used to be the business of so and so. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the place where the family so-and-so, like, it's and, everywhere. And they start in kindergarten taking them on field trips to the camps and everything. Like, it is, this happened, this happened here, it's never going to happen again, you need to know. Like, Yeah, and, like, it is practically illegal to be a Nazi in Germany. <laughs> like, you so can... should be anywhere. Everywhere. Like, anywhere. <laughs> if you throw up Nazis... If you throw up Nazi salutes in the middle of a street in Germany, if someone kicks the shit out of you, they are allowed to by law. Like, I want that law so I fucking yeah, much. We can't even Dude. stop fucking rednecks in their goddamn red, white, blue toilet paper bullshit. Fuck them. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Paul. Fuck the fucking. Confederacy. <laughs> yeah. mm, I just want to punch Nazis. I it, like I want that to be my fucking job, and I don't even want to get goddamn paid for it. <laughs> I don't think I th- I think honestly the satisfaction is payment enough. Yeah, yeah. Like it makes me want to watch Glorious Bastards. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, let's watch that. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm so bad right. we're not covering that for this podcast. But okay, we'll get sorry, there. Sorry, sorry. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> All right. So what we're going to do is I think that's a good point for us to tonal shift a little bit. Paul, is this movie in the library? It is absolutely in the Library of Congress. It's 1993, so it's first year 2003. Of Eligibility is 2003. Would you like to give me a year? 2003. 2003. 2002. Two, you went a year, yeah. Oh. Somebody was trying to sneak it in. Yeah. I mean, they had to. I'm so sad to say that none of you were right. What? It pisses me off so much. It's, it's 2004, two, though. I'll it's be. 2004. Oh, for okay. God's sake. 
I know, right? You should have gone prices right if you'd have gone one up. <laughs> uh, so, so 2004 gets in the so, same year yeah. as Unforgiven. So this is one I uh, I knew it was uh, going to be in. So I, I always make my guess before I read anything about it just to be sure. And I saw it like had some place was listing the American release like as February 2000 or, or 94. I was like, is it 90? Is it 2004? Because it didn't qualify for 93. Hmm. I don't know. It, I, I don't know why they wouldn't put in. I mean, it's, out, when, it's, it's official release was February 4th, 1994. Yep. Mm. Huh. So well, that might be that's the reason its, why that's its platform release, but yeah. no, it's, it's eligible in 93. If it wins Oscars, it has to be eligible. Yeah, for the, that's true. Yeah, I, but I read that, you know, like viewings were started in December of 93 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But if somebody's, if somebody's going off some weird technicality and they called it 94, then it gets in yeah. its first year eligibility. And we can take that as a win. Yeah, premiered November 30th, 93 released December 15th, 1993. Yeah. And then, yeah, I guess it's more, wide mm. wide release might have been in 94 yeah, yeah. So, so okay well, well tell us about the rest of the class sir the rest of the class for 1993 is the ground a short subject experimental film that got into 2020 so we've talked about that before mm-hmm. uh groundhog day gets into 2006 <laughs> God, what a good film uh the joy luck club goes into 2020 and spielberg hitting batting a thousand in 1993 jurassic park Goes into 2018. And that's our 1993. I'm a little concerned. Okay. Um, So there was, and I think Caitlin will truly appreciate this, um, a small film that was released in 1993 that didn't make it in. Uh, It was called Tom and Jerry the Movie, directed by Phil Roman, came out in 1993. (laughs) You're giving her a migraine. First, first we have her on to talk about the Holocaust. And then... You, you <laughs> want to throw this shit? And, and the, the Casablanca episode, uh, Tom and Jerry won. Oh my god, Oscar. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> Out. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and do our quick Razzie roundup here. You need to. Yeah, I need okay. to. I need to get up. She. She. she Caitlin just had surgery, major surgery this week. She is at her limit, so she's not going to stay for the the rankings. Um, you can make a final statement. I was going to say, well, let's ask, let's ask her her questions real quick. Okay. Uh, so, Caitlin, does this movie deserve Best Picture? Absolutely, without a question. All right. Uh, is this the worst Best Picture? I don't even have... No. Like... <laughs> Those are both good answers. <laughs> Can't think of better yeah, answers. Do you have anything that comes to mind when you think of a worst, the worst best picture? Um, I think you watch Broadway Melody with. Yeah, movie. I was gonna say that one. <laughs> that's pretty that, nice. Yeah, that's that's that a good is, answer. My God. All right, Tom and Jerry in that one is not Which... where I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Caitlin, for being with us. They said thank you. Thank for... you guys. I love you guys. You're awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's get into our Razzie roundup. First first off, worst picture goes to Indecent Proposal. (laughs) So Sherry Lansing getting that one. Beating out Last Action Hero. So 
Yeah. So uh, I want worst, that nominated. <laughs> worst actor goes to Burt Reynolds in Cop and a Half, beating Arnold Schwarzenegger in Last Action Hero. <laughs> worst actress goes to Madonna in Body of Evidence, uh, beating sure. out uh, Demi Moore, Sharon Stone, Janet Jackson, and Melanie Griffith. Worst supporting actor went to Woody Harrelson in An Indecent Proposal. Uh, beating Chris O'Donnell in The Three Musketeers, who I feel like that should have won that year. And I love that movie, but fuck Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. <laughs> Worst supporting actress goes to Faye Dunaway in The Temp. Okay. Uh, Worst director goes to Jennifer Lynch for Boxing Helena. Oh, not Adrian Lyne for Indecent Proposal? <laughs> uh, it was nominated. Uh, I have a copy of Boxing Helena. Helena and uh, VHS in my bedroom. Hell yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Worst director, uh, that, that was Jennifer Lynch boxing. Uh, Worst screenplay goes to Indecent Proposal. Uh, Worst new star goes to Janet Jackson in Poetic Justice. Fuck that. Beating out Roberto Venini for Son of the Pink Panther. Uh, <laughs> Worst original who, who wins song. an Academy Award for a Holocaust movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and Worst original song goes to Adam's Family Woomp. Why are we picking on the Adams family again? <laughs> the, Both of beat, them beating out Big Gun from Last Action Hero. Who, who did the tag Adams team? With, tag, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, it's whoop. There yeah. it is. The Adams family. Like that's yeah. all it is. Which which guarantee I I I give you is not the greatest thing in the world. But come on, there's so much worse. Also, Big Gun's a great song. ACDC is an amazing band. Yeah, I love that one song they wrote. <laughs> <laughs> all right um so what surprises me out of all of this the entire razzies is do you guys know what movie came out in 1993 that should have been listed but wasn't even nominated for any of these mm. uh, robot wars bob hoskins john leguizamo oh super mario brothers came out in 1993 that's a brilliant not a film. single fucking nomination that's because it's a great film uh, also, Son-in-Law <laughs> came out that year. That so. is the worst film of all time. Oh, God. <laughs> Pauly Shore, the worst actor ever. Joe Tappy was trying to get me to watch a new Pinocchio animated film with Pauly Shore's Pinocchio, which Why? apparently <laughs> fucking exists. And I don't... I, I cannot condone this. <sighs> mm. Yeah. Mm. All right. So, I think it's time for our worsty judgments. Zach. Hi. Does this movie deserve Best Picture? Well, you know, it's been a busy week. I wasn't able to watch as many as I would have liked to. I didn't finish Remains of the Day, dang it. And I really wanted to see the piano and the name of the father. So I can't fully express my thoughts on those. Uh, the Fugitive Rules. <laughs> um. Schindler's List absolutely deserves Best Picture. It is amazing. Best film of the year. Uh, I love Jurassic Park. Dazed and Confused. True Romance. Secret Garden. Yes. I, <laughs> I really wanted to watch the Three Colors trilogy, too, the French films that, oh. that I've never seen, but I own the Criterion set. So Same here. <laughs> uh, to all of that. Yep. Yep. So... Yes, absolutely deserve Best Picture. All right. Yeah, it's the same one I got there. Take a drink, folks. 
Nice. Obviously, this movie deserves Best Picture. Obviously. I don't think that there's a question about that. So I'm going to go ahead and look at the other ones, most of which I don't even know if I fucking heard of outside of like the piano. And that's only because of a joke from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> and the fugitive, obviously. And all those jokes from uh, the critic. That's right, yes. So obviously the fugitive's awesome. Jurassic Park's one of those movies where it doesn't have to get best picture. It doesn't have to be nominated, but it was literally my childhood. I was eight years old, which is like the perfect little boy age for dinosaurs. Yeah. And I was given a dinosaur movie that special effects hold up today. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus fucking Christ. Um, Also, I want to point out the Sandlot came out that year. One of the greatest films of all time. Rookie of the year came out that year. Didn't know was directed by Daniel Stern. Oh yeah. Didn't know that. So yeah. uh, And Robin Hood men in tights was came out that year. Yeah. That's not the greatest Mel Brooks, but it's still, I think of our generation, it was the Mel Brooks movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty much that. And then Dracula dead and loving him and he's not directing anymore. So, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, this movie deserves best picture. Of fucking course it does. It's just, yeah. Paul. All right. I did watch all the movies this week. You would. I would. Cause Nerd. I really wanted to see a bunch of things. Uh, yeah. cause honestly, I hadn't, I'd never seen three of these. So they go like this, uh, remains of the day is going up my number four. It's nice. It's a nice film. Uh, I really like Merchant Ivory films. I said this a lot last week, and I just I don't same understand. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I just don't understand why they continuously get elevated to the well. Continuously, this is like the third time it's been nominated for Best Picture, and I think the last time uh, one of their mannered British dramas gets nominated for Best Picture, and it's it's a good film. And it's nice. Uh, uh, that's what I got for that. Um, In the Name of the Father goes to my number three. I think that's a, such a good film. Uh, okay, but why does Daniel Day-Lewis look like Brian Adams on the cover art? Because he kind of looks like Brian Adams in the movie. Because <laughs> uh, you see it, right? Like, it's not just me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he really loves a woman. <laughs> um, actually, in this movie, he really loves his daddy. Played by Pete Postlewaite, who is oh. an amazing fucking actor, and he's really, really fucking good in this movie. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, this was a much better performance than My Left Foot. Uh, I think it's better film than My Left Foot. Jim Sheridan really stepped his game up on this one, and while I like it a lot, I still think it's kind of it's good. It's a really good film. Uh, my number. Two is going to be The Fugitive because that movie fucking rules. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking good. Yeah, it is. It, I just, it's one of those films I, I think about from time to time and I don't think I've watched it like 20, 25 years, some shit like that. And hmm. now that I've rewatched it, it's just like, oh yeah, this movie really is as good as everybody says it is. Uh, also, Harrison Ford was offered the role of Oscar Schindler. Whoa. Hmm. And Harrison Ford turned it down. 
because he was like, I'm Harrison Ford. I'm going to be the most distracting thing that happens in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I cannot be Oscar Schindler. Good for him. Yes. He was right. I, I love when people realize, yeah, so going with uh, Liam Neeson, who was relatively unknown, was a much better choice. Uh, Fugitive rules. Love it. James Newton yeah. Howard's score. So good. The piano is my number one, uh, my number one of the other four. It is such a crying fucking shame that Schindler's List of this piano came out the same year because the piano any other year <laughs> gets best picture. That film is so good. Holy shit, that movie's amazing. Mm. And Hunter's amazing in it. Paquin's amazing in it. And fucking Harvey Keitel. Sam Neill is repressed it. Oh my God. Why he's not a best supporting actor, I don't why neither of them are there, I don't understand. Malkovich is fine in in the line of fire. I don't think Tommy Lee Jones should have gotten nominated or won that category. I really like him in that film, but uh, of the five that are there, I'm going Pasta Wait or DiCaprio finds a very, very close third. Um yeah, and then Kaitel and Sam Neill should have both been in that category. They're incredible. Uh that film's amazing. Glad that Jane Campion at least walked away with Anna Oscar on the night and that her two actresses got Oscars because the three of them are incredible. Also, Holly Hunter, double nominated for The Firm. Emma Thompson, double nominated for Remains of the Day and In the Name of the Father. I don't think she really earned that second nomination, even though she's really good in the film. Um, so that being said, Schindler's List is uh, perfect and amazing and deserved Best Picture and should have beaten the piano, even though the piano is incredible um <laughs> any other year any i swear any other year like oh god it's so good but schindler's list is just that much better and it kicks me right in the fucking balls i love this movie i love it so much excellent yeah i can't wait to watch the piano which made you cry more of the 1993 films schindler's list or homeward bound the incredible journey oh that's tough those dogs that can't Sally yeah. Field. It's, it's probably going to be Schindler's List, but I'm, <laughs> not it, from Homeward Bounds. Like I, th I think it's just because of length. <laughs> Homeward Bounds only like maybe an hour forty-five, maybe yeah. hour thirty. Shadow. So that's literally. <laughs> God damn it! You yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> Shadow. I could have had one more. One more. Which which is that? No. <laughs> Michael J. Fox, and they were like, oh, I got struck by a porcupine dock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Zach, hmm. is this the worst best picture? Worst best picture. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if, if you think it is, that's fine. Um, but for me, no. It is not the worst best picture. Let me solidify where I'm putting this. Uh, it's my number four. Oh, it's my number four. So I got the two Godfathers and Casablanca before this, just because I enjoy those movies that's, more. That's, that's a hard call. <laughs> so Schindler's List is my number four. It's a movie that I recognize its absolute brilliance of how it's made. Um, but it's not something I'm going to sit down and watch more than once every 10 years or so, probably. I, I mean, that's yeah, just how it is. So, yep. Um, 
yeah, this is my number three, and that's only because of watchability. Hmm. I am a fucking coward, <laughs> and I very much love to put my head in the fucking sand. And I love this movie because I force myself to watch this movie. And to be entertained by this movie upsets me because I am entertained by it. I am not bored by at any moment because it is such a good movie. But it is so hard to watch just because I don't want to be a human. I don't want to be mixed in with anybody that has anything to do with what has happened. Yeah. So um, I'd rather watch uh, Cannibal help Jodie Foster find a guy who likes to tuck his dick between his legs. <laughs> so, yeah. No, this is not the worst best picture by any stretch. Paul, what do you think? Opening statement, no. This is not the worst best picture of all time. Expanding upon that, I sat down and I turned this movie on. And I, I knew my heart was going to get ripped out of my chest, and stepped on, chewed on, and kicked around put back in my chest and then punched a few times. I've been watching this movie for almost 30 years, 30 years of my life. Yeah. And every time I watch it, it destroys me and, and kind of a different way, mm. depending on what's going on in my life. And right. This is the first time I watched this movie uh, as a father in kind of my actual adult life. Cause uh, the last time I watched it was probably like 2005, 2006 when we did the AFI and it, it, it killed me in a completely different way this time. And I, I can't help but love this movie for that. The, yeah. the heartbreak yeah. and the pain to, to know that I can at least somewhat reach the, the level of empathy that I, I need to feel like a human being while watching this movie and that it affects me so deeply. Uh, having the experiences that I've had in my life and the knowledge I have of the history of this film. I, I'm not certain that this isn't the greatest film ever made. I'm really not. Yeah. It's my number one because it has to be, it deserves to be. And it does. If, yeah. And if it's not the greatest film ever made, then, you know, I, I, I can't even think of, what would be on my list. And I know that's setting this like to a real lofty goal that we still have another 30 years of films to get through. And I don't know if this is going to get topped. I'm interested mm. to see if it does, but yeah. In, in this moment, talking about this film, the way we have, and not only how much it, it drove me to tears while talking about it and to madness, anger, despair. I love this. As you should. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a perfect movie. And if it makes you feel any better, the next year is when the Academy goes fucking insane. Which is so. why I'm so happy we're taking a break. <laughs> we'll get back to that. So. All right. Well, we did it, boys. <laughs> yeah. And, and Caitlin. Yeah. Thank you Thank again, you. Kaylin, for being with us. I know you're not here right now, but uh, you're in our thoughts and prayers. Because <laughs> you you're just go. like a room over, probably. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably taking some medicine and laid down. As oh, she good. should. 
Paul, you got a question for Zach? Oh, I do. Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we've got a little special treat. We're doing Mr. Workman's birthday episode. We're watching three movies that we thought might, you know, speak to him and reveal the inner Paul. And those three movies are UHF, which you can stream um, on Amazon, Pluto TV or Tubi, rent on Google or YouTube. Tubi. Tubi. Speed Racer, which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Vudu, or YouTube. And then Sid and Nancy, which uh, you need to go down to your local Barnes & Noble and purchase a Criterion copy because it's not streaming anywhere right now. Yikes. Oh. Oh. There we go. I'm excited yeah. for this. Me too. Because I believe we picked these movies because they were movies that we have not seen. Movies I that have, I think. Yeah. Movies that I have I constantly talk about. And That's right. You yes. guys have not seen. That's yes. right. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and call that here. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, on the Twitch, and on the TikToks at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-E-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, or Letterbox, searching my name and Mr. Workman. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films that I watch. This week, I got to go watch Five Cream. <laughs> Five Cream. Scream 2022. Yeah, I was like, is that a <laughs> horror version of the Buttercream Gang? Yes. Can, uh, can we get that movie? Yes, please. <laughs> the Buttercream Gang? Buttercream Gang. <laughs> it's basically it. <laughs> yes. That's fair. That's, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, it's called Scream 5. And for Scream 4, they replaced the A with the 4, so it was called Scriforum. <laughs> um, so I was really upset on this film. They didn't replace the S with a 5 and call it 5 Cream. Very mad. Yeah. Uh, but the film rules. It's so good. <laughs> I, I need to watch it. Cool. Uh, everybody, everybody, if you haven't seen 5 Cream yet, go see 5 Cream. Mm. Also, the number of bad Scream films remains zero. Nice. All screen is good screen. Nice. We all scream for ice cream. <laughs> well, but cream for but cream. not not during the liquidation of the ghettos. Oh yeah. We would like to thank Chad from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscars Pod and on Facebook the Oscars Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five star review on apple podcast stitcher or spotify it really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm spotify for caitlin coy jonathan zach and the little girl in the red coat i would like for you all to have a damn fine day you bastards